podcast feelings a podcast based on my current existential crisis where every week i sit and talk about some feelings i've been having about life and art and everything in between and today joining me on my quest for getting in touch with my feelings is one of the smartest people you'll ever meet and the funniest rohan joshi in the house hello 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 i like how you said current existential crisis like separating it from all the other previous and to come existential crises Which um, honestly, anytime anybody comes on this podcast, I always ask them to tell you when was your last cup? Because it's not like we just have one, right? So of when course, was your course. last? Several. Uh, my last existential crisis, I think, was two days ago. <laughs> yeah, I think literally two days ago. I'm not even saying that figuratively. I'm using the word literally correctly. It was literally two days ago. Uh, I, I feel ya. I feel ya. One of the things I've I watched a lot of your interviews, and you are always the funny guy, obviously, and I understand because same me. But does that put the pressure on you to be to have your funny on at all times? I think that's something that uh, one does much earlier in their career, where they feel like comedian means everything has to be funny. If someone takes a photo of you for the press, photo ka pose has to be funny. If someone does like an interview with you, instead of giving a straight answer, you have to give the funny answer. Um, you have to do all of that. But I've slowly sort of unlearned that and trained myself now to be like, you know what? I'm going to try just answering the question for a change and seeing how that works out. Um, so now I feel like I'm trying to go to that place where if organically there's a joke, I'll do it. Um, but otherwise, if I have an answer, I'll do it. But sometimes I've also realized I can sound very boring when I do that. So it's always this battle between the two: um, do I want to be memorable and completely nonsensical, or do I want to be very sensible and completely unmemorable? Um, and I can see the pros and cons to both. Okay, so how this is going to go? Literally, we're just going to vibe for a while. Uh, yes. There's some stuff that I've been thinking about, and I'm very curious about where you're at about those things. Okay, super. And then we'll see how this goes. So first up, Rohan, how are you feeling? How is mind, body, and heart? uh mind body and heart let's take those three one by one um because um never have those three been in perfect sync uh, <laughs> so i can't give a simple answer for um mind is okay mind's a little restless uh, mostly because uh, my sleep cycle has been a little bit all over the place um body is actually uh, decent in the sense that i've been treating it better than i usually do over the last year um uh, but at the same time the last month has actually been very bad like my workout routine and all has not been good uh because i've had to be uh traveling for work etc all of that and um heart is uh, same yeah cold and dead inside like you know matlab uska to chalta hi rehta hai no i'm kidding heart's actually heart's actually all right um it it's been through uh, some emotions in the last couple of months but overall i have to say um on the personal front in a very good and contented space uh on the professional front still longing for things um that this sort of year through out of order but uh getting there one step at a time that is nice overall i think like good good scenes are happening how are you feeling tell me about your mind body and heart everybody is <laughs> like how are you priyam no one's like how's your heart body and mind priyam so okay my heart is i don't know if i out of the three shockingly i think my body is actually doing the best because Fantastic. i have discovered working out like last year and it's been i'm 100% happier for it i Super. hate doing it but i also love it like it's a weird i the the analogy i use for working out is it's like scoring drugs in a very dangerous situation like i hate the act of doing it like i could get shot while doing it but the high at the end is 100% worth it yeah, it's um fun. yeah it's what heart is okay mind i feel like has been a little up and down because of some stuff that happened but yeah overall i think Better, more good than bad, and that unfortunately is best case scenario. So yeah, yeah, yeah. On balance, we'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. Okay, so Rohan, you entered our lives through social media, and you're 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 one of the like the one of the original internet boys, so to speak. Mm-hmm. How is your relationship with social media today, and has that changed um, in the last couple of years? Not the decade, in the last couple of years. Yes, I think my relationship with social media has changed tremendously because there was a point in my life where I felt like I felt the need to put every single thought or emotion onto social media, whether it was in the form of a joke or a deep thought or my opinion on something, um, and just this sort of feeling that um, my opinion was essential to the conversation, yeah. um, and uh, my being there raised the standard of the place uh, and all of that. uh but i think i realized what was happening as a result of that is that i was attaching all my self worth then how those thoughts and emotions and tweets and posts and all of that did um and i realized that the entire emotional graph of my day was dictated by social media 
um i could be having the best day work wise career wise etc all of that but one troll will say something and suddenly full day is ruined or you know i'll have put my heart and soul into a piece of work and like 20 people will say it's good but one person will say it's bad and then you know the whole day or the whole week is spent in a spiral because of that so i very consciously over the last couple of years um pushed myself to um also i have to again like like sort of preface this by saying that i've reached a point in my career where i have the privilege to do this a bit to pull back a bit right because there are some people who have no choice but to constantly stay one step ahead of the algorithm every single day um i'm very fortunate that i have a little leeway so i have sort of used that time to yeah i spend less time on social media um i physically check social media assets less i post to social media assets less um i have days where like if you see right now i don't think i have any stories or posts like new in the last 36 hours um so i've trained myself to be like you know what it's okay if the algorithm forgets me i'll only post or like put a story when i feel like i have something to put instead of again like when reels came out the whole thing started up aaj kaun sa reel dale um and i'm like eh, you know what um i don't i don't know that that's necessarily my forte so forget it like in the sense that i'll post when i feel like it i won't post when i feel like it i'll be more present sort of in the moment um so yeah i would not say it's a perfect relationship still i still have days where it can absolutely destroy me um but overall i've learned now to put a little distance between myself and social media i agree with what you're saying that if somebody in your position may have the privilege to not sort of like it's it's not your only job so to speak yeah. but it is weirdly a part of your job right like 100% benefit, yeah so then how do you kind of maneuver that are you treating now social media like your workplace only Yeah, still- some days no, some days I do that. Like in the sense that it is still very much. Um, so if I if I did have to treat it as a workplace, I treat it very much as like not a job that I'm at, but like at this sort of company that I founded. Um, right <laughs> at the end of the day, that's what like if you wanted to call the Mojo Rojo identity a thing. Um, it's not a job that I joined. It's a it's a company that I sort of created. So in that sense um yes there is still very much a personal attachment to it right like in the sense that um i think and and i'm not saying this in like a sort of braggy way or whatever but um it beyond a point sometimes doesn't matter how much money a brand project offers if it's not a brand that i vibe with or if it's not something that i feel like would sit right on my instagram channel i say no um and so on and so forth i try and if i'm ever doing like an interview stream with somebody or whatever i try and keep that as honest to the this thing as possible as opposed to just you know pesali i interview kiya um all of those things but at the same time i have learned the other side of it as well which is that um i've learned to have a slight monday to friday mindset about it mm. where there is a point at which you leave the office and the work doesn't come with you and then you actually focus on doing other things or like sort of being another person more present um in your space so that's something that i'm slowly training myself to do as well where i'm like you know what today i'm not going to look at this i don't have anything to post no thought is coming or nothing i'm not just going to sit there endlessly refreshing and wondering and you know be like you know man no followers today no comments today no this thing i'm like theek hai yaar jab acha post hota hai to the engagement bounces back and people can tell i think when you're posting for the sake of posting now and i hate it i feel like even for me the last couple of years especially me it's it's just become like how mindless it is i'm like Correct, why right? Correct. Why is it taking so much of my time and energy? I hate it. Yeah, and then essentially what we do is we are falling into the same trap that um, the sort of movies and shows that we hated as kids fell into, right? Which are looking at it being like, "Ye bas abhi banane ke liye banar hai." Like, कुछ logic नहीं है, कुछ नहीं है. पिछला hit था, इसलिए ये भी बनार है. So you don't want to be the mini version of that, also yeah. Yeah. beyond a point. So um, yeah, it, it, it's my my relationship with social media is evolving. Um, I'm I'm hoping to get it to a point where within the next five to ten years, um, I can entirely divorce it. Um, that's, that's the hope, the and I say that with no disrespect to all the people who have followed and have followed the content along, etc., whatever. But I say divorce in the sense that I want to just get to a stage where anything I'm posting is purely because I want to, yeah. and not because I feel a need, a professional need or requirement to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. I would also like to go back to using Instagram like I used to, like a journal where it did. Remember when this was fun? Remember yeah. when this was fun? Yeah, I feel yeah, I feel it. Yeah. Okay, so Royal, when your special came out a few years ago, which I loved, by the way. Thank you. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and तब से लेकर अभी तक anytime there's an opportunity to quote one joke that you made, I do it. But I'm like, अरे 
plenty who's are and we are always told to never look in that direction to just yeah. look towards that mandap and how beautiful and everything will be um and i just think it's time we started giving credit to that other side also it started like very open eyedly looking at me like ha lekin matlab sabko pata hai ki matlab mamu mami ki bahut peete the like ha oh, and i think kisi ne kuch bola nahi hai and a lot of like we have these grandparents who are like you guys don't understand yeah. what it is like to struggle and suffer together or whatever and i'm like no you know what i'm actually glad that people today don't have to Yeah. because today you are really just romanticizing a horrible compromise from 20 years ago you forgotten how horrible you felt back then and now because you have to have something to show for that struggle you have to say things like yeah but see we stuck it out and so we yeah, are morally because, like, better you than you yeah because the first two decades like you just stuck it out because you did no better you were all married when you were children yeah. and you had children you had children of your own and you look back you're like chalo ab 30 saal saal to nikal chuke hain ab ab kaise bed ke question kare also by that point also because of and this is because of disadvantages obviously that our previous generations had right that by that point you also probably one partner at least lived in a world where they had no way to separate from the other part you're completely yeah. dependent right on the other partner today that's not the case yeah. so today when you say oh divorce rates are rising etc whatever yeah of course somebody had to stick around and take your shit like but you know like this time of mine and i we were having this very heated like god like can you believe people are still getting married like come on and then you know like that's what i told him and i was like you know but the thing is changes like these happen sort of slowly and over time of course it would be ideal if our generation decided just not to if that's what they chose but yeah. how our generation i think is now stepping out of bad marriages if they're not 100% which, which is, is a very, very important step, step. huge yeah. step very very big step i agree with you and then i think and hope i mean and hopefully you're not but basically like you said hopefully a few years down the line marriage is just something that yes if you want to do you have our full support but if you don't want to do it it's a non conversation like it i would be, be way thing. more i would be way more pro marriage if we lived in a culture that normalized getting out of bad ones mhm like i really would be i'd be way more pro marriage if we lived in a culture be like then do do it if like it's easy for you to backpedal out of it in a bad situation then 100% do it Right now, the reason I'm so sure. suspicious of this thing is because they're con. You're thirty-seven now, thirty-eight. Eight. Are you weird about aging at all? No. Great. Not When at all. You- I've enjoyed aging tremendously. I am a significantly more secure, calm person now than I was in my twenties. Okay, I have a follow-up question in a second. Uh, were you feeling some sort of way when you were turning thirty, though? Like I understand right now, you must be. Yes, I'm thirty-eight and. Right. Sexy and rocking, and now you're a full-fledged adult man. But when you were turning thirty, did that have you feel any sort of way? I want to say yes because I feel like it's supposed to be a milestone year, etc. Um, all of that. But also, I turned thirty. Wait, I'm thirty-eight now in twenty twenty-one. So I turned thirty in twenty thirteen. Um, and in twenty thirteen, honestly, I was way too busy with everything that was happening to even sit and take stock. And in a way, actually, I felt really good. About turning thirty because, like, comedy was picking up. Um, AIB was starting to become a thing. Um, I was really starting to enjoy just being on stage and things like that. And what's important to remember is that we forget with the way stand up is in India right now is that in two thousand and ten it basically didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Right. So for me, it was very surreal to enter my thirties in a place where I'm like, man, twenty seven की उम्र में भी पता नहीं था कि ये होने वाला है. ठीक है, लाइक सत्ताईस पे भी पता नहीं था कि ये होने वाला है और अब थर्टी पे सब हो रहा है सो इन वे इट वाज एक्चुअली अ वेरी नाइस फीलिंग सॉर्ट ऑफ स्टेपिंग इनटू लाइक माय थर्टीज विद अ फीलिंग ऑफ हे आई एम ऑन अ न्यू जर्नी एज अपोज टू आई फील लाइक सम पीपल कैरी इनटू टू दर्टीज फीलिंग ऑफ अब तो बस जॉब है और अब तो बस ये है और अब तो बस स्टेप 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 करना है सो आई एक्चुअली This is good. This is good. I have I have money in my bank account for the first time in my life. Um, I can buy drinks um, like at expensive bars. Yeah. Um, I can travel well. Um, I can do all of those things. I'm actually I'm quite looking forward to this thirty thing. That is very interesting. I'm turning thirty this year. And Congratulations. I would, and I love aging. Like I'm actively looking forward to being an old woman. But I know that I'm feeling some sort of way about turning thirty, and I don't know what it is. But it just feels like, am I? Do I feel thirty? Like how am I supposed to feel when I turn thirty? Like it's a lot of that, I think. You're saying that now, but the one thing I can attest to is that this. Oh, am I feeling thirty? Am I not feeling thirty? There's going to be a point where one day I'm not going to know when, <laughs> not going to know how, but you're going to wake up one morning after a night of partying, 
and you're going to sit up and there's going to be this moment where you're just going to be like yeah i'm 30 oh man yeah at some point like it was i don't know when it happened i don't even know it happened exactly at 30 but some point between 30 and 35 there was a switch that just flipped i'm not kidding it was literally like almost overnight somebody turned something off where it would been like acha saath ye agar bomb peeta hai na tu aaj tu do beer pee ke dekh like aaj tu do beer pee ke dekh i started drinking evening. alcohol actually very early and very irresponsibly so same. i have already like same, same. my body already rejects alcohol ah, same same, same. basically that's what happened my body was just like dekh tu 15 saal bahut aish kiya ab tu chill mar rekha ab tu thoda okay follow up question that i wanted to ask about you being so comfortable now uh, as a 38 year old do you sometimes fear using the word fear loosely but now that just just a bade ho rahe ho aapke traumas resolve ho rahe hai empathetic tum zyada ban rahe ho you know you you have a better understanding of yourself and all do you sometimes think you will not be as funny anymore 100% comfort is the enemy always <laughs> oh comfort is the enemy always But you know what? There's a part of me that's like, on the one hand, I'd be like, I was really hoping of... you tell me that Priya, not at all. You're born oh, funny. Sorry. You will be funny no, no, forever. No, no, no. no, that's not true. That's not true at all. I think what happens is actually more than you will not feel funny. I think um, what feels funny to me now is different. That perspective sort of a changes what you find funny, and it also changes what emotions you want to. So, like for example, I've always like. I love doing comedy. I love being a comedian. But I've always wanted to like my dream before I ever knew I wanted to be a comedian. I want to be a writer um of like say shows or movies or books or whatever. And the idea there was to always engage with as many emotions as possible. So more than like actually yeah, I want to qualify that. I don't think I feel like oh I will not be funny. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like I will not only focus on that because I feel like there's this whole emotional basket to be explored and you will just naturally grow into that quote and quote brand yeah in the sense that i think that's just something that's happened to me naturally like there was a time where i would look at something happening and my first thought would be like what's hilarious about this uh now a lot of time look at the situation and instead of what's hilarious about it the same question is what's ironic about this what's depressing about this what says so much about the world that we live in about this what's heartbreaking about this what's infuriating about this what's um and then sometimes that um situation or that event actually unlocks itself to you way more as a writer because mm. you're suddenly looking at it from so many different perspectives um so i'm looking forward to that um the real fear though is comfort like the, the older you get the more comfortable you get the less you like why am i putting so much effort into proving myself to random people matlab uh, you know like i'm good i'm comfortable i have food on my table i have my bills are paid my cats are safe um I have some future investment. This thing. Why am I? Why? Why am I fighting with sixteen-year-old Devendu from Bandup? Like, who is called my video cringe? Like, yeah. What? What is this serving me? Like, interesting. I was because I was just like you know now like look at me like I don't sleep with the wrong people anymore. I'm not broke anymore. I don't have an alcohol problem. My relationship with my parents is fixed. I do fucking yeah. yoga now. Like, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You got. It's a lot harder to do comedy when you feel like you have less to complain about. Like, yeah. so i feel like the basis of comedy is in ranting and um yeah like i gratitude sucks you. honestly <laughs> yeah it's horrible man like it's really really bad it's not good for comedy at all yeah. um it's yeah and, and the thing you're saying about like your like yeah my relationship with like my mom now versus my relationship with her in it is so different now like it's just so strange to just engage with her adult to adult now Like there was this point in like my early thirties where, like, at some point, I have to stop engaging with her, like her fifteen-year-old child, and I have to talk to her as an adult would talk to another adult. I have to, on certain things, stand my ground in a way that an adult would with another adult. If I have debates and arguments with her, it can't now just be about okay because mummy said so or because the son acted okay. I need to now be able to have these conversations on their merits. um with her and that's made a huge difference even in the way she opens up to me like i feel yeah. like i now know her better as a person because she now trusts me enough as an adult to be like wait you know i can now drop some of my baggage on you with a lot of nuance and trust that you'll understand it um so that's also been fun i think what happens especially in indian households uh, which did not happen with me which i used to hate growing up i i think i did not give my parents enough credit for how well they brought me up in a way that how genuinely cool they were 
and i think so many of my friends as as they as we reached our 20s and all really struggled with seeing their parents like sort of drop from the pedestal they had put them on yep. me and mere ghar pe it was very ki bro hame bhi kuch nahi pata we are also figuring it out only super and i was always treated like an adult which i used to hate
ये if at all there was a doubt i also spent this this was the first i would have to many comedian friends like that this was the first time i was spending lots of time with tech comedians and just struggle story based struggle story i was like this is i can't i can't no no it's hard it's hard. especially now like i actually have a lot of respect and empathy for anyone who started out in the last sort of 3 to 4 years Yeah. I mean I have respect and empathy for every comic but for people who have like started in this landscape and then they have had a lot of great stepping stones right like for example we didn't have comic stands and this and that and all of that but at the same time just the sheer number of people doing it um just the sheer number of sort of different platforms you have to be active on um to be noticed um the amount of grinding you have to do between open mics etc all of that add to that in the last year just this what the pandemic has done yeah. Yeah. to that sort of live experience entirely um it's work like there are days where like you said right the struggle the struggle the struggle i listen to some of these stories and i'm just like yeah i'm so glad this happened in 2011 and like they were just 12 of us so glad Like this is the first time in my life I understood the meaning of the phrase first mover advantage. Oh, like God. this is a textbook example of first mover advantage. Like that's it. Rohan, are you somebody who can separate the art from the artist? And if it is dependent on some things, then what is that dependent on? I think I'm learning to be somebody who can separate the art from the artist because um, at the end of the day. See, also depends on the kind of art, right? Like there are certain kinds of art that are like hugely collaborative, um, right? And if there's one or two artists who are involved in that, say for example, that you have a problem with, um, does that necessarily devalue the art? Because I feel like it is possible. I feel like it is possible to separate the two. You take somebody like uh, Louis C.K. Also, right? Like we know he did sort of horrible things, but I don't know how to go back and change the fact that. the work that he done before that when i watched it it some of that writing revolutionized my thinking right and that doesn't in any way exonerate excuse this thing ck but i have to learn to sort of look at that other art piece separately because how do i change the fact that i have and have and continue to have a viscerally emotional response to those works of art um and at the end of the day i do believe that we don't live in a vacuum right you have to still consume things you have to be moved by things you have to um all of those things so i try to at least in things that are like retroactive um so i try to make that you don't have control on like you said right yeah you don't have so i try to i try to sort of make that separation um wherever i can if it is possible in some way to legitimately enjoy that art without sort of whitewashing or legitimizing what that artist does um in their personal life then i try and make that separation so i think woody allen is actually a perfect example of it right where it's like look i can't change the responses i've had to all the woody allen work i've already seen yeah, yeah. but if woody allen makes a new movie would i watch it no probably not mm. you know because i feel like in doing that i am actively if i buy a ticket to that or if i this that i am legitimizing his sort of right to continue to do this yeah yeah um versus what's already happened like and i think as humans it also comes down to let's be honest man how it comes down to how much we like the artist right like today for me the gold standard example of this is always michael jackson i yeah. heard the same people were like oh you know what he did to those kids etc this that whatever man party mein ek bar beated bajta hai wahi log like immediately right cuz it's there it's ingrained from your childhood etc all of that you've had too many emotional responses to it i feel like for me the art separation happens fairly easily sometimes a little more dependent on the crime like of course yeah. like harvey it just seems so much more yeah yeah, yeah. Like, there's a very big difference between like like for example let's face it right none of us would be having this conversation if harvey weinstein had been accused of tax fraud Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, exactly. Right. I'm never watching a Betamax movie again. Exactly. Right. Okay. I have not asked this to anybody else, but I feel like you might have a point of view on this. 
does data breach scare you and does it affect how you surf the internet of course data breaches are terrifying right because it's it's absurd you don't know how those little discrete points of information can be weaponized against you um and i feel like what happens with data breaches is it changes the context of those spaces it turns safe spaces into unsafe ones but it's doing that without giving the people who are reading that data breach any context of what the conversation leading up to that was so then now knowing everything you know is there is there a change in behavior or pattern of how you speak to people online even like in private spaces like you were saying i mean yeah there is like i mean there is a certain change in it in the sense that you one now acts like they are aware that anything can be breached at any point in time and i don't just mean that like and i'm not just talking about like conversations or this or that like i still very much have my safe spaces um and places where i have with my closest friends extremely honest conversations where um we work through stuff together uh but like yeah one does start about things like you know just password security and you know who you even do things like open your phone around and yeah. who and like just care about your data and what websites you sign up to and this and that and and i think that's important and then i'm not even getting into the dimension of um the way your data can be used against you in terms of how voter lists are used in this country and have historically been used as sort of ways to start pogroms and riots and specifically target communities and um carve up areas and deny people access to care and things like that i guess what i'm trying to say is sleep well kids <laughs> good advice good advice okay so on a slightly lighter note nahi but the plot lighter it's quite serious this not okay. data breach okay, okay. like heavy i think the number one thing that you and i have in common is our unadulterated love and obsessive fixation with our homes and staying at home it's best Best. Talk to me through it. Your experience of how was it always the case? If not, when it changed, and just like the joy of it, just like talk dirty to me, Rohan. Let's. I do have it. always loved being at home. Always, oh. I have loved it always. But this whole idea of, see, I didn't. You know, growing up, you live with your parents. You do this. You do all of that. Um, I didn't ever think I would get to have such total control over a space in my life. where i would be able to select it down from the tiles and the wires to the last paint finish and piece of furnishing in it right um and i always knew like as somebody who loves being at home um i always had a strong sense of what functions i wanted my home to carry out right like i always knew that it's extremely important to me that i have space for lots of books i have this i have all of that um but i didn't know how much i would enjoy the aesthetic part of putting that together and watching it sort of come together element by element that is not a thing i knew that i enjoyed until i actually got into the process and then i went holy shit tiles are a universe holy shit bath fittings are a galaxy holy shit um this thing is like a rainforest and this thing is like this and there's just so many options and choices and my favorite thing of course is uh, what i like to call the ass test for the couch um i believe it's the single most important thing if you're ever this is the one piece of home decor advice i can give 100% is never buy a couch online never buy a couch online your ass has to sit on a couch before you decide whether it's a good couch or not and this is the other very important piece of advice i will give you when you go couch shopping you always take at least one other person with you okay. when you go look at couches and you take that one other person with you when you sit on a couch and you like it here's very fundamental i'm going to do an act out for you Ishad, here. Two ways. There's two ways you can sit on a couch, all right? You can sometimes come and you just sort of sit down, and yeah. like couch. And then there's another time where you come and you sit down, and this is very important. There's a ah. The getting into it. There's a ah. That's an emotion, all right? That ah is an emotion. So one is when you sit on a couch, did you get that emotion? And two is the person who's with you. You invite them to sit on the couch, and you watch their face as they sit down. because believe me a person's face says a lot when they sit in a comfortable couch and that's why the ass test is important because there are certain couches that are like come here let me hug your ass and that's the couch you want it was and also just beautiful to see it come together because i i don't know if you've had this experience but there's this point at the early part of the renovation where you come in and like everything's broken and wires are hanging and pipes are and you're just like what the fuck have i done you're just like yeah i have bit more than i can this is ye nahi hone wala hai ye nahi hone wala hai mere se nahi hone wala hai and then 6 months later you walk into this place 
and there's just this sense of holy shit this has been designed to my specifications and this is my little citadel of joy um and it's great and just the fact that it got done um just before the pandemic um i think the same way for me like last year through the pandemic i was living alone also and everybody was super concerned about like are you okay mental health ghar pe hi hai akeli hai and i'm like but you don't understand i'm great i've never been better i never i didn't know how to explain this to people yeah. i didn't know how to explain this to people were like hey how are you doing you've been alone at home for so long and i'm like i know i know have you guys heard of netflix it's amazing see when i was just like in the same way that you're saying that i feel like my house just optimized for my experience yes 100% i think now over, over the years i also train people that if they have to see me they have to come to my house mai kahi bhi but yeah over time it becomes part of who you are i'm like in industry they used to make yeah, fun yeah, of yeah 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 like you got to become such an old woman and i'm like yes same same the only literally the only context in which i had to stop saying this thing is like you know, obviously you can't like on a first date be like come to my house mm-hmm. like this thing that's the only context like yeah let's go out and otherwise all friends it's always like listen my first option will always be you know what i'm going to suggest <laughs> if anybody has any objections or reservations we can talk about it and then figure it out living by self and living in the house i deal rohan what is your relationship with money now that you have some i'm assuming and um, a few years ago when perhaps you didn't have as much so my relationship with money has improved um over the last few years um as i it's improved in both ways in the sense that i've gotten better at saving it investing it um, planning for my future with it but it's also gotten better in the sense that i've learned to not feel guilty about spending money on things that i genuinely enjoy see when you grow up in bombay you know you learn certain things like for example mere ko nahi chahiye lamborghini ki kahan chalaoge ha ha nahi chahiye nahi chahiye nahi 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 chahiye hi nahi uska matlab tension chahiye hi nahi mere ko lamborghini like i'm not that but i love having a big tv i love it's a thing that i love doing i'm a pop culture obsessive i love the idea of setting that system up in such a way that it's basically the theater experience but in my house yeah right because that's a thing that matters to me i don't really drink much i don't really this thing i spend my money on things like if i want to travel and see a place i'll do it. um if i i mean even with traveling things like man i would stay in a hostel happily when i was like 19 or 20 but matlab abhi uncle ko khud ka bathroom chahiye luxury luxury khud ka bathroom chahiye khud ka bathroom chahiye nahi share karenge kisi ke sath nahi hoga nahi hoga Like, sorry, बहुत काम किया है मैंने लाइफ में अब मेरा चेहरा दो तीन बार न्यूज़पेपर में आ चुका है खुद का बाथरूम तो चाहिए ठीक है बेसिक डिमांड्स बेसिक डिमांड्स अलाउड है अभी आई एम वेरी अवेयर ऑफ द फैक्ट दैट आई हैव लाइफ वेर आई नेवर नोन द वांट ऑफ मनी राइट Have I have I have I absolutely been in positions where I couldn't afford that drink or couldn't afford to go on that holiday or couldn't hundred percent? But I've always had food on my table. I've always had basic needs taken care of. There's never been a day in my life where it's like I don't know where my next meal is coming from or I don't know where my next rent is coming from or I don't know next this that whatever. Um, so I guess I'm also learning to respect it in the sense that um, just have a little more respect for how tenuous it is also that. अभी सब मस्त है लेकिन कल इंस्टाग्राम एल्गोरिदम बदलेगा और खत्म मतलब पकोड़े बेचने पड़ेंगे लाइक वी ऑल बिन यू नो दिस व्हाट इज योर मोस्ट टॉक्सिक ट्रेट एंड व्हाट इज योर बेस्ट ट्रेट दे डोंट हैव टू बी रिलेटेड श्योर एंड आई एम श्योर देयर आर मेनी बट देयर बी वन ईच व्हाट इज माय मोस्ट टॉक्सिक ट्रेट माय मोस्ट टॉक्सिक ट्रेट इज दैट आई एम नॉट ग्रेट एट एक्सप्रेसिंग एंगर दैट्स वन and my second most toxic trait is um i'm very scared of trying things like in the sense that like i'm like like even if it's like an open mic or this or that or whatever i'm very scared to go try a bit i feel like it needs to be at a certain degree of quality before i even open mic it which is actually a very backward way of looking at it that is that what you're saying but in a for a perfectionist but it goes the other way in the sense that where because i tell myself i'm a perfectionist and because i'm not sure i have a perfect product it's better to not try which is so strange coming from you i feel like i would never think that about you i know but i do it a lot like in the sense where it's like ha mereko show likhne ka hai lekin ye jo idea hai na 100% perfect wali feel nahi aa rahi hai to likhunga hi nahi 
as opposed to where it's it's a combination of like sort of fear of disappointing oneself and sort of now having been part of like the validation and likes economy for so long that like the fear of being like disliked for something that i do sometimes creeps in one trait about me that is good is that um if i'm in the right mood or if i'm required to um i am good at talking to people um so that's a trait and the and another trait that i have that and this is again a weird sort of silver lining to anxiety is um i am very good at gaming scenarios and sort of figuring out in the sense that asking devil's advocate questions <laughs> like i'm very good at asking devil's advocate questions because i look at a scenario the result of anxiety 50 questions already pop out um so i'm good at interrogating ideas that is a useful trait for sure it's and about you being, you being somebody who's easy to talk to the first time i ever met you i don't know if you remember uh, and i don't think i had to i had a precon i mean i don't know i didn't think that this is what you would be Right. But maybe I did because I was very actually surprised how easy and chilled out you were with everyone. Like we were, I think, some three, four people had to shoot with you, and there was maybe some twenty people on the floor, and you were yeah. just such a like just in and out. Like it was not a big deal. We went to the chat. You came down. You had water. The office boys were very excited to see you. Like you know, and you were just so comfortable through the whole thing. And I don't know what I was expecting for you to be, but I don't think it was that. Yeah, I believe that. whenever you're interacting with somebody whenever you're doing this that whatever um you have to remember that they have had as long and complicated a day as you have um you are here to do your job they are also there to do their job they are also like in the sense that they there may be a certain hierarchy on set or on floor etc whatever but none of that excuses you from not treating the other people like normal human beings right today i found that this is extremely important that you have to give everybody a certain degree of dignity because i think the worst mistake i've seen people make in the 10 to 11 years that i've been here is just after having a few good years or reaching a certain place thinking that that just gives them the right to talk to anyone anyhow like in the sense and i don't think that's fair um because the thing is i've been a writer right i've been like a behind the scenes script writer i have been the lowest rung <laughs> i have been the lowest rung i have interacted and i have had interactions of both kinds with people where i have had interactions with people where i'm like but you're the biggest star in the world how are you so cool yeah and i've had interactions with other people where i'm just like i think you think you're cooler than you are and you should know that when your career dies i am going to dance on its grave also what am i going to get out of being like an asshole to people or standoffish to people Like if we have to today be on set together for nine hours, and I come in an hour one only, and I'm standoffish to you, yeah. I've made the next eight hours fuck all for both of us. And but some people do it, and you know, like I feel like even with my experience of working with so many celebrities, it's just like the what a weird thing to say, but the smaller the celebrity, the weirder they are about their stardom or whatever. It's true. It's yeah. true. It's actually very, very true because, like, literally, some of the biggest Bollywood stars I've met don't give a shit. Don't give a shit. They're so secure yeah. in their size that they know that they don't have to come on set and sort of swing their dick around at people for people to recognize that this is a good person to be working with. Forget big or not big, right? Where just the idea that hey, this is a good collaboration. Also, I just like interacting with people, like in the sense that you're good at it. You're good at it. Like, why would I? I don't understand why my first interaction with somebody. would be negative like i don't that's just not a way that i'm big let's all have a good time we'll all finish work quicker yeah. we'll all also see we forget know that we're in an industry where this might not be the only time we work together yeah 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 right this is not going to be the only time we work together and i know for a fact and i can say this for a fucking fact that i know and i can think back to at least two or three jobs that i've gotten in my life today whether they even like small little influencer gigs or this or that or whatever where i know they could have gone with a bigger and more talented person than me and like a funnier better this that everything and i know that i've gotten the job just because they like but this person will be more pleasant to work with on yeah the hard relating hard relating right like and i know this for a fucking fact yeah. and it's just and i wish just more people understood that Yeah. Like the way you build collaborative relationships and get people to sort of want to work with you more and more again is if you build. Like it was extremely important for me that like when we shot Wake and Bake, I knew that it was going to be a stressful day, and my simple logic is that stress is to cake on a cheese. 
आई हैव वेरी सिंपल फंडाज इन लाइफ क्या आज अगर दिन में स्ट्रेस है तो दिन में चॉकलेट भी होना चाहिए तो आई हेड बेसिकली प्री ऑर्डर्ड फकिंग टू जायट चॉकलेट केक्स दैट वुड अराइव इन द मिडल ऑफ द डे बिफोर शूट सो देर वॉज अ पॉइंट वे हाफ ओके ट्वेंटी मिनट कॉफी ब्रेक we are all going to eat fucking cake nice. and we're going to just enjoy for 20 minutes and then we're going to jump back into it but let's all just fucking take our stress down for 5 minutes by eating some chocolate cake so much better work happens in that by it's true it's true you're already looking forward to all the great things you're going to achieve yeah okay i have come to the last question of this this is super vague i asked this to everybody and i've gotten some very interesting answers and no pressure nbd but What do you think, Rohan Joshi, is the meaning slash purpose of life? The purpose of life, I guess, is to just move forward, like in the sense that it is, it is to just move onwards, right? Like what we've seen so far is, time and life they just march on, they march on, and they march on. And I just feel like, um, I don't necessarily believe it's everybody's job to create value in this universe. I don't necessarily believe it's all of those things. Your life can be. you finding one mountain that you really love and want to look at for the rest of your life and that's the meaning of your life then that there was a certain amount of beauty in the universe and it was your job to just sit there and behold it and sort of look at that mountain and be like you know what i appreciate like and that's enough and that's enough meaning and purpose and then somebody else's life coming meaning and purpose can be i fucking discovered the polio vaccine It is so different just, for everyone, and cannot be compared. I don't believe that there is a meaning, and I don't believe that there is a purpose, um, because I feel like there's a certain amount of arrogance that comes with believing that in a universe this massive, you are in some way an essential commodity. Um, but at the same time, I don't mean to go in the opposite cynical direction and say that you're not worth anything. Yeah. I just think that that worth is something that can be self-ascribed um, based on. what your wants and needs and the things that make you happy are yeah like you're not the center of the universe but you're the center of your universe whatever that means yeah you're the center of your if you're the sort of person that wants to build a fortune 500 company and change the world good on you that's incredible but if you're the sort of person that wants to spend their life just sort of going on treks and taking photographs of birds and all of those things then also good on you Okay, good on you, Rohan. That's all I have for you. I had such a great time getting in touch with my feelings. I hope you did too. I and did. This was a very fun way to spend a Sunday morning. Yeah, and I'm glad I got to spend it with you. And again, I already knew this was going to be great. And one of the reasons I wanted to get you on because whatever little I know of you, most of it like on digital and whatever few times we met. Uh, I just knew. I just always know that every time I watch anything you have done, I go back with something. I'm glad. Of. I'm glad. That I'm, makes I'm really good. glad to hear that. That is the meaning and purpose of my life. That. Yeah, but you've achieved it. Okay, Amazing. friend. I'll speak to you soon and take care. I will take care. And that was episode two of I Have Feelings. We really hope you enjoyed that.